Mr. Announcer Guy. Hello, James. Are you ready to do the intro for the James Arnold Taylor Show? The, the Jatcast? The podcast? The big... Oh, I'm sorry, I get, I get too excited. That's all right, James. That's my job. Yes, I am ready to do the intro. Let me do it now. Here we go. Are you ready, James? Boy, this is so exciting. Yes, go, go, go. All right. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the James Arnold Taylor Podcast. <laughs> I tricked you there, James. Oh, you got me. You know, Mr. Announcer Guy, I didn't know you were that funny. I mean, you're always very kind of like jovial and big announcery, but you're, you're very funny as well. I try, James. All right, here we go. In a world of millions of voices, one man will be many. It's the James Arnold Taylor Podcast, talking to myself. And now, here he is, the same guy that's speaking right now, James Arnold Taylor. Wow, that was that was awesome, Mr. Announcer Guy. I wish I could do what you do. Well, you do. Well, I know, but people don't know that. Well, I guess they know. They know that it's all me doing the voices, right? Well, they should. I know. But, you know, maybe they don't. All right. I'm going to go now. Bye-bye, Mr. Announcer Guy. Bye-bye, James. You know, it's so weird. Even when he leaves, he's still right on the microphone. It's like he's got a built-in microphone. That's weird. Anyways, hey, welcome to the James Arnold Taylor Podcast. This is going to be episode four. Now, I had an episode already that was going to be episode four, but actually that episode was going to be episode three, but then I recorded an episode that was going to be episode four, and then I made it episode three because I thought that was a better episode three than the episode four, but then it became episode four, but now I'm bumping that episode four that originally was episode three. This is almost like the uh, Star Wars uh, movies, isn't it? But uh, originally it was episode three, then it became episode four, now it's being bumped to episode five, maybe even longer, I don't even know. But the reason why is, today is Wednesday, November 14th, and I am back in my house for the first day after the Woolsey fire here in uh, the uh, Ventura and Los Angeles counties, the areas of Westlake Village, Oak Park, uh, Thousand Oaks, Agora Hills that got hit and truly, truly devastated by these fires. And so I am uh, back in my home, back in my home studio, and I thought I would do an episode uh, specifically about all of this, uh, filling you all in, telling my own story. Uh, we are all about story, each one of us. We are our own our in- individual story. We all have stories to tell and things to live, and and it's important when we can speak them out. And so I want to, by example, show you how I do that and know also that your stories are important. So what you do matters, you see. And that's what this that's what this podcast is all about anyways, is trying to uh, encourage everybody to pursue their dreams, pursue their goals, and to be inspired, but also to be entertained. In this episode, not to fear, there's going to be some fun things as well. In the back half, Obi-Wan Kenobi has decided he's, he's agreed to come in and interview Tidus from Final Fantasy X. Two of my characters coming together in one spectacular interview. I will be stepping out of the room for that interview because... I sound exactly like Titus. <laughs> so you wouldn't know who was talking. So Obi-Wan Kenobi has agreed to come in. He's flown in from the Jedi Temple. He's going to interview uh, Titus from Final Fantasy. And we'll talk about, yes, it's Titus. And he'll, he'll well, uh, so anyways, a lot of stuff going on here on the uh, James Arnold Taylor podcast. So I uh, thought in this episode, I will share with you 
my family's personal story of dealing with the Woolsey fire. And it is still very fresh. In fact, our house, as I'm here now, reeks of smoke still. It smells as though somebody lit a fire in our living room and, uh, and it just burned and burned it and you can't see the problem is you can't open the windows because it smells even worse outside so you can't you can't air the house out yet because it's still so bad so for those of you that are listening and aren't uh in the states because many people listen to my stuff they're not even in the united states and to you i say welcome thank you i I say it in your language but i don't even know what everybody's languages are And plus, I don't speak any language but English and sign language, which is a language. It's a beautiful language. And I do speak that. But uh, that doesn't translate as well in a podcast. So for those of you that don't know, the Woolsey fire is a fire that uh, happened here. So today is Wednesday. It happened uh, almost a week ago. It was uh, Thursday. My goodness, tomorrow it will be a week. This is weird. Now, I have not really, you know, this is all, I I don't edit this thing basically. You know, I tighten things up here and there for this podcast, but for the most part, I just kind of hit record for 90 minutes and I go. And I know some of you are kind of like 90 minutes, James, boy, cut it down. I think somebody made a comment like one hour. It's like, eh, you know what? Listen for an hour then. If you don't like it, (laughs) I don't know. But I figured 90 minutes was a nice, comfortable uh, time period for this. And I feel as though most of you don't mind listening to me for 90 minutes. If you do, let me know. I'll cut it down. I'll do an hour podcast. I'll do 45. Originally, I was going to do 45 minutes, but I decided 90 minutes covers all the various things I like to do uh, more so. So anyways, I'm off on a tangent as I tend to be, but that's okay. Um, It has been a week. I have not voiced uh, much of this except to uh, close friends and such and in texts and emails and some phone calls, but um, very, very dramatic week. Uh, The last uh, six going on seven days have been extremely uh, heart-wrenching and dramatic for myself and the people in the community of Thousand Oaks, uh, Westlake Village where we live, uh, Oak Park, um, Agora Hills, due to not just the fires but a real Uh, just absolute tragedy of this uh, shooting. You may have heard of the borderline shooting. The borderline uh, is referring to, uh, that was the the club, the restaurant, the bar and and restaurant that this uh, shooting took place where 13 lives, including the gunman's, were uh, taken by his hand, uh, tragically. And uh, it affects, when you, this is a small community that I live in. And uh, we've, you know, I'm from Santa Barbara originally, and then we moved out here when my wife and I were first married uh, 27 years ago. My goodness. And we lived out here when I was first working in radio in Los Angeles uh, because it's just on the outskirts of Los Angeles. And so you get suburbia. It's a bit uh, a bit like, you know, the E.T. type neighborhoods and stuff where there's kids playing and cul-de-sacs and stuff and it's safe and, and lovely. And we always loved it out here. And uh we lived in Santa Barbara for many years, went back home to Santa Barbara after many years in Los Angeles, after my career had uh, done uh, well and taken off. And we moved back home to Santa Barbara for uh, the for uh, when my daughter turned five and she could start understanding what billboards meant. And if you ever uh, if you're from Los Angeles, if you've ever been to Los Angeles and you see some of the billboards and the things that are uh, out there, uh, we thought, you know what, it's probably time to not uh, 
be exposing her to all of that at five years old. So we moved back home to Santa Barbara uh, when she was five, stayed there for five years. And then we moved back out to this area that we love so much because it's a nice middle ground. And that's when I started producing all of the things that you see on my YouTube channel and stuff. And I built my studios and all of that out here. So anyways, uh, we live in a, a just absolute, lovely, beautiful, uh, charming community. And this fire was one thing, but this shooting that happened in Thousand Oaks here, which is, it, it happened just a few miles from our house, this shooting, and um, absolutely tragic. Uh, one of the victims was an alumni from our homeschool group, and um, and she was uh, a, a wonderful gal that uh, participated at the uh, church we were attending at one point, and uh, one of the uh, pastors, the former pastors there, is a dear friend of ours, knew her very well, and many other people knew her very well. We did not, but um, many, many of our friends knew her and spoke very highly of this beautiful human being whose life was cut so tragically short by this gunman. And uh, as well as so many other people, the officer that gave his life to save the others, as well as all the other people that um, were killed in this tragedy. We were, we were just learning about all of this. We were just taking all this in that day when this fire broke out and the winds picked up. And so for the last week, it has just been nonstop. And um, so... You know, this is going to be as serious of a jat cast as you're going to get, probably, because I'm going to be just telling you about all this stuff. But fun stuff as well. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi interviewing Titus later on in the podcast. So, um, but for now, let me just uh, keep going here. Um, I'm just going to talk. I'm just going to, because, you know, here's the other thing. When you've had something tragic, meaningful, dramatic, big, what have you, in your life, you need to talk about it. You need to get it out. Um, you need to experience it. Uh, you need to share that. And and our jobs as human beings when somebody's going through something is to listen. So look at you. You are doing exactly what you should be doing. You're listening. Isn't that wonderful? You didn't know it. But I always tell my daughter because so now see, let me say this. Uh, some of our friends, my daughters, uh, one of my daughters, uh, very close friends, they lost their home. I mean, gone. They have a ranch. They have horses. They have animals and things and dogs and cats and all sorts of animals. They lost their home. It's so tragic. The animals are all okay. Thank you, Jesus. They, uh, they are all okay. Thank you, Jesus. But their home is gone. And um, very, very traumatic for a young girl uh, to go through that. So my daughter has been just trying to just be there for her friend in whatever way she can. And that's what I said. You know, the best thing you can do is just listen. Just listen to her and let her just put out whatever feeling she has and just be there for her. So a uh, little lesson for you all there, lesson for me, lesson for all of us. That's something I learned long ago. When someone's going through something, you just listen. But that's the beautiful thing about a podcast. That's what you do is you listen anyways, right? So you guys are listening. You're going to listen to my stories here. So, um, so Thursday, we were dealing with this tragedy and how it affected us. It affected... Um, Everything from our homeschool group to the uh, ballet group that my daughter participates in to our church family, uh, because these were uh, kids that go to Cal Lutheran and we are Lutherans and we go to a local Lutheran church and uh, these children uh, and people and folks uh, go, uh, you know, they're in our community, they go to our churches, they go to our schools. And this was tragic. 
This was absolutely tragic, senseless, ridiculous, stupid that these things happen. I hate it. I hate it. I wish it didn't happen. I wish I had a, 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 a magic wand or some way to make these things not happen. And so tragedy on top of that, that night, uh, so I had a, a session for a cartoon I was doing out in the valley. So I drove out to the, uh, the San Fernando Valley uh, and recorded a show. I can't mention the name of the show or anything, but I was doing some voices on that, recorded an episode and was driving home. This is Thursday after already dealing with uh, the news of the shooting and driving home. And I notice that, boy, the sky looks really cloudy and uh, what is it? Is that? fog what is this you know and then i notice it's it's orange and the sun is is covered by this gigantic orange cloud and i go well this is a fire i mean we, you know we live in fire country we've had fire we had fires last year in santa barbara and then uh shortly after those fires that were extreme fires and terrible fires the floods came to uh, Montecito, which is where our church at the time, uh, when uh, not not last year, but uh, when we lived in Santa Barbara, we went to our church in Montecito there. And uh, tragically, one of our uh, friends was taken in the floods last year from uh, the floods in Santa Barbara and Montecito. And he was, uh, was, was killed there. And that was uh, horrific. And... Uh, and then we have fires here now. And so, you know, I'm kind of all over the place here uh, explaining all this, but this is kind of what happens. You know, it's like it's to say, oh, you know, oh, you live out in Hollywood and it's lovely and everybody's fine and you make a bunch of money and you do all these things and you're in movies and TVs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's uh, a lot of those wonderful, uh, fun things that we get to do as entertainers. There's also a lot of tragedy that hits everybody's life, no matter what. And I'm not saying like, oh, uh, uh, more tragedy to my life or anybody. I'm just saying, let's all just uh, take in that tragedy happens wherever. And so we're all affected by it. So we were still, you know, we're reeling from this shooting and then the fire hits and it, and then you instantly go, oh gosh, we had fires last year out in Santa Barbara and they were tragic and all of that. And let's hope this isn't as big. Well, bigger. Yes, it turned out to be bigger. And um, so I'm driving home. I call my wife. And I realized she's dropping our daughter off at ballet, which is across the freeway from our house. Not that far, but still. And I'm thinking, oh, man, because now the freeway's closed a few miles up from where we live because there's a fire in Newberry Park and there's a fire in the Simi Valley area. Right. So we're surrounded by it. Now, the Woolsey fire was the one that started in Simi Valley, and that's the one that ended up affecting us. The Newberry Park one got contained really pretty quickly in comparison. Uh, still, a big fire did a lot of damage, but we were literally our neighborhood was surrounded by fires. So I'm I'm getting off my exit and, I, and there's cars just everywhere. And 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 it took forever to just get home. And then my wife is got to get home and she, but when she left, it wasn't as bad. And so then she's driving back trying to, oh man, gosh, this is terrible. And then we realize, well, in about 45 minutes, we got to turn around and go back and get our daughter back over in the one spot, which, which normally is like a eight minute drive from our house ends up being, you know, 45 minutes because the traffic is diverted off the freeway and it's, it's a mess and these fires are closing in. So we get, we get home, we, you know, kind of try to, get a sense of things. Here's the other thing. Here's, here's the other thing. We do not have cable. We do not have satellite. Why? Well, I got rid of all of that. I pulled the plug, you know, as they say years ago, probably about six, six years ago, at least. Uh, 
and I just have an Apple TV and, uh, you know, we do now for a while we did the Hulu live where you could get your local news channels and stuff, but I got to tell you what, and, and Hulu, you're all always wonderful. Whenever I talk to you at tech support and everything, you're all good people, but it was not, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't working for us and it just, it wasn't, yeah. So we got rid of it. It was, it was, it was just as much as cable and it didn't give us as much. And so, so we have no, no way of kind of seeing what's happening in the neighborhood except for social media. So I'm on my Twitter because people are tweeting and there's people within the neighborhood tweeting and stuff. And so I'm trying to get a sense of this fire. So we go back and get our daughter. It takes forever. So we stop at one of our favorite places in the world, Joy Cafe, this wonderful uh, gluten-free vegan cafe. The, the Nick and Joy who uh, own it. Uh, are just wonderful folks. As I've said, they're pillars in our community. They built this thing four years ago and they turned it into this just fantastic business that just blesses so many people's lives with wonderful food and uh, drinks. They have a coffee bar. They have all this stuff. They've just expanded and they did one of the most amazing expansions uh, ever. I mean, like the the, uh, the city was going like, it's amazing how quickly you, they put this place up. They rebuilt their entire restaurant. They were closed for four days. How did they do it? I don't know. They, I mean, you know, uh, Nick is, a, a, he was a contractor before he became a restaurateur and entrepreneur. Uh, and um, so, you know, he worked with contractors that he really knew, knew their stuff. And they managed to keep like a to-go window going while they rebuilt the whole restaurant. So anyways, we're eating there. Uh, they and and we're having our dinner and trying to kind of assess, okay, what do we do? So we, we get the stuff, we get home. It takes forever to get home. Now we're home Thursday night. Thursday, and I know I'm jumping all over. I'm trying to keep it somewhat to where you can understand. If nothing else, you're just hearing me talk. So we get home and, you know, you're just covered in smoke. And it's nighttime at this point because it gets dark so early now. So the smoke is everywhere. So we don't really have a sense of where the fire is. And we don't have television, so we can't watch and see it. Um, but we're hearing that they're talking about evacuating Oak Park. Well, Oak Park is like a mile from us. Uh, not even. It's a it's it's a 2-minute drive from us. So I'm going, well that's that's just right there. So I start seeing on Twitter that uh yeah, the the fire is 2.8 miles from our house at this point. Uh and closing in. And they're saying there's a 5-hour warning that just turned to a 1-hour warning. Like instantly. So, you know, we're talking to our neighbors and our neighbors like, well, we've had fires here before. You know, it's all okay because we've been in the neighborhood for about four years. They go, no, no, there's been other ones, but it's fine, you know, because we're in this very, you know, there's a golf course over uh, right here. And so it seems very kind of green and, and nice and good. But on the other side of the street, literally the one side of the street, you got a golf course. The other side of the street, you've got hills that are full of dry brush. I mean, just hills. And there's these big uh, mansions that are up on the hills there. We're not in a mansion, but um, but they are our neighbors. Our neighbors live in these just beautiful big homes. Um, we live in a in a smaller one in this little you know golf course community, and so. But I I can look out on the road there, and and so I'm thinking, okay, this this hill could go up is what I'm thinking, and I've I've always kind of said that you know this eh, this is eh, I don't know about this hill. So, uh, around 10 o'clock, we're like, you know, maybe we should start packing some things, you know, because we had been talking about it all night, but everybody kept saying, eh, it's probably okay. It's probably okay. You know, we should be okay within here. It should be fine. 
But I'm like, well, what would we? So my wife and I are going over making a checklist of what we would. So we started setting those things aside earlier in the evening. But by 10, we're thinking, let's put it in the car. So we had put some things aside. So I'm in my studio right now and I'm going like, you know, what do I take? What, you know, what do you take? So I have a Mac Pro, one of the little trash can Mac Pros. If you've seen my YouTube channel, you watch the video of my studio. You can see a tour of my studio. I just put it out a couple weeks ago. Check it out if you're not, if not, hey, subscribe to James Arnold Taylor's YouTube channel. You may be listening to this podcast on my YouTube channel. I don't know, but it's available on iTunes and all of that stuff too. Anyways, I grab my, my computer because it's easy enough. It's that little Mac trash can thing as they call it. So I just unplug all the wires. You leave the wires because I'm not going to take all the wires. I'm just going to take the body of the computer. I'm not taking the screens. I'm not going to bother with all of that. I take the computer and I take my hard drives, which I have three massive 12 terabyte hard drives that are all my backups of everything, you know, everything, shows, videos, uh, pictures, home movies, everything. So I load those, the, the, the backup drives and then the backups to the backup drives and the um, computer. And then we have a, a safe that we take everything out of there. You know, your passports, your birth certificates, important documents for my daughter because my daughter was adopted. So we only have like, you know, there's only these things. She was adopted from China. It's like we can never get these papers back. So you pack things like that, you know, um, uh, photo albums because my wife and I are old. <laughs> and when when we were kids, they actually took photographs with pictures and cameras and film. So we have photo albums that have not been converted yet uh, to digital. So we took the photo albums. We took our our um, our trust, our wills, our all of those things. You know, you pack all that in the car. We don't own any pets, so we did not take our, uh, any pets with us. Uh, but we would have, obviously. And you put all these things in the car. By ten o'clock, we're going. Yeah, let's let's put it in the car so it's just ready, just in case. Well, about ten fifteen, ten twenty or so, I guess. My my daughter is up in her bedroom and she opens her blinds. We have like little shutter blinds and she opens those and we hear her scream and um, like a startled scream. And so I go up there, what's up? She goes, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's just, and, and I look out the window and you can literally over, over the hill, you can see flames. You can see the, the fire is right there. So I said, yeah, we're uh, we're out of here. I mean, we're not going to wait. You know, there, there's no evacuations. They were evacuating certain places, but they, it, what happened, and this is not blaming uh, the uh, fire crews or the law enforcement or anything, it moved so fast that they couldn't, they, they couldn't evacuate in time. They couldn't tell us all in time. So we get in the car and we go. We go through the little back roads and stuff because we know. And we caught like some little pocket of time. I swear it's like, you know, uh, God just gave us this little bubble because we got on the freeway and there wasn't a lot of people on the freeway. Now, I, now if you drive this same freeway now, it's, I mean, all the roads along it are just decimated. They're just burned up. But somehow we got through the 101 before they shut it all down and everything. And we just drove. This is at like 1030 or, or so. And our car is filled with just the, ba so we, yeah, oh, and clothes. So we each take a little suitcase and we pack like, you know, uh, whatever, some jeans, some t-shirts, some socks and underwear and our, and, and, and a small thing of toiletries. Cause you figure, well, okay, if we're overnight in a place or whatever, but let's just take some clothes just in case you just don't know, but it's this close. We're thinking, I, you know, Everybody's saying, ah, it'll be fine and be fine and be fine. But 
you know, so we didn't, you don't think to go, well, let me take this suit and this jacket's important and these pants and I want, you just grab the basics um, and some pajamas, you know, some pajamas and, and, and like one pair of the pair of shoes you got on. So that's it. So we drive and we just drive and uh, we figure, well, we'll go to LA and because um, it's not that far. It's like, you know, usually a half hour drive from where we live. And we'll uh, we'll stay at, you know, one of the hotels. I, I've stayed in many, many hotels out in Los Angeles before. We'll stay in a hotel. All of them are booked. Everything's booked. Everything is booked. Everything, everywhere. From here to Santa Monica, Beverly Hills, Wilshire, uh, Studio City, uh, West Hollywood, every, everywhere. It's all booked. So we just drive. And then we stop at my uh, my good friend Scott Damien's house. I love you, Scotty. He's like a brother to me. Because we realize we're going to be staying in a hotel. And I have, like, we have, like, really, you know, like, our my computer, the, like, really priceless. I, I grabbed some of my cameras. We grabbed, our, you know, my wife's jewelry because her mother passed away, you know, just not that long ago. And her both her parents are gone. And so we have jewelry of theirs that, you know, is our, like, little keepsakes and things. So we had packed those things. But we thought we don't really want those with us in a hotel. So we stopped at my friend Scott's house out in, in um, Hollywood. And we unloaded some of the stuff from our car at his place. God bless him at like midnight because at this point it's midnight because we have been driving and calling places. And so, I mean, time just went like that. So, yeah. So God bless him. He, he took all that stuff for us. And then we just got in the car and kept driving. And he, you know, he was like, Oh, stay with me. Stay with me. We're like, oh, that's sweet. But you know, it's like, no, we need, if we need to set up camp, we don't want to like, you know, live in somebody's uh, living room and he's offering us our bedroom and his bedroom. And we're like, we're not taking your bedroom, you know, God bless you. You just love people. Don't you? People are so, wonderful when tragedy comes up people are so giving and such and so he was just like stay with you know that's okay we'll find a hotel it'll be fine because you know so we just drive so now around 2 30 we still have not it's almost 2 30 we have still not found a hotel and we are way out there we're in a place called arcadia now which is quite a ways away from where we live a couple hours drive and um finally we find a hotel so i'm checking into this hotel and believe it or not, the people, and this is like 2.30 in the morning, people that are checking in with me are from our neighborhood. And they're like, were you over at the other hotel asking about it? And did you say you're from Agora? Yeah, okay, all right, over. A Thousand Oaks, Westlakeville. Yeah, okay, oh, wow. So we're sharing stories. Um, this wonderful woman I'm talking to, and then she, we found out she had adopted her daughter from China. And so, and so you know, life is just coming in. You know, you just, like humanity is just uh, overwhelming us throughout the, all this stuff is going on. And, and yet we're all still kind of community, which was beautiful and lovely. So we're checking into this hotel at 2.30 in the, in the morning. And, um, and they say, we only have the room one night. I'm sorry, but, you know, they were booked for other things. And so we have it tonight and that's it. So, you know, checkouts at like 11, you know, so we're, it's 2.30 now and we got to be out of this place by 11 in the morning the next day. So, so we're like, okay, well, we'll, we'll figure something out. So we, we go to the room. Now, one thing I did not know my daughter was doing, so we have these Nest cameras, you know, the security cameras, and we have a couple of them placed throughout outside that capture, you know, images from outside because we've, we've had some break-ins in the neighborhood in the past and stuff. And so we did this to keep our place safe. So the camera is set up to shoot. We live on a cul-de-sac, the, the, the cul-de-sac. 
you can see my, my I didn't realize my, my daughter is watching it from time to time as we were driving, watching the camera and you can see the fire. So I have this footage. I looked at it last night for the first time and it's, it's just, it's eerie. It's, it's terrible. It's, you know, the winds were like up to 60 miles an hour out here and blowing like crazy and the fire. So you see our, our cul-de-sac and the winds and the trees are blowing. And so through the cul-de-sac, you can see the street across from us where this big hill is and these other houses are and stuff. And at one point you just see, it just lights up and, uh, and the trees light up and then boom, the house lights up and you can just, so you can see our neighbor's homes burning. And then you can see all of the brush and the hill side burning and the camera has this night vision on it to where it turns you know black and white at night it starts flipping to color because it's so bright from the flames of this fire right like maybe maybe 200 feet probably 150 feet from our house um and so you just go well that's it you know we're watching this footage from the hotel and then the camera goes black and you so you just go well that's it that's i mean you know come to terms we're not we don't have a home you know at that point and i'm not trying to sound dramatic i was just we just were like okay we have to accept this because the camera sure looks like that's what's happening and this hit much more than they expected and everybody was evac- so we found out later from our our neighbors that yeah they came through 2 hours after we evacuated and evacuated everybody so we were like ahead of the curve there and and got out in time uh everybody else did as well everybody's safe everybody's fine homes are not fine um but uh you know there's only been i believe three lives lost and i don't have only one is tragic anything is tragic but uh so anyways um but our neighborhood uh so we uh we go to sleep that night thinking our house has burned down because all evidence we have shows that the fire was way too close. And uh, so you try to sleep. You know, it's now like three something in the morning and I'm, I'm, I'm just lying there. We're in this, you know, one room together is my wife and my daughter and myself. And we've got two beds there. You know, my daughter's got her bed and then my wife and I and my wife and I both are just laying there, you know, trying to sleep holding hands, praying, and just hoping that everybody's okay. And then also trying to kind of come to the terms of there's a good chance our house caught on fire. So, um, so you see, you know, and then your brain starts going through things. I'm thinking about my studio. I'm thinking about all that. I'm thinking about like, you know, the thing that actually really got me emotional was I have this, if, if you've seen my studio, if you've watched any of my videos here, you can see my home studio and you can see I've got this uh, stand up. I'm pointing to it right now as I'm talking of Obi-Wan Kenobi that is from Star Wars Weekends. And it is a, uh, you know, a uh, full size Obi-Wan with a lightsaber and stuff. And I started getting visions of like coming home to that just what would be left of that, you know, and just the burned thing. And I just thought, oh, gosh. You know, because studio equipment, microphones, screens, and things, yes, they mean a lot to me and what I do. I love the tech of it, but you're like, whatever, I can replace it. I can, you know, we have insurance. But there were things that you just couldn't get out. And so you think, oh, wow, 
Yeah, that would be hard. But so we go to sleep, you know, pseudo sleep where you're in that. So the rest of the night from that's like three something till, you know, seven, I guess, where we kind of are trying to sleep and uh, pretending to sleep, telling ourselves we're asleep, you know, where you're half dreaming and uh, it's just terrible stuff. And um, then we get a text from our next door neighbor who our other neighbor down the street, um, they came back uh, in the morning to see if, you know, everything was okay. And uh, our neighbor, our street, our street was okay. So they texted us. So, um, you know, I'm in that kind of hazy daisy 7 a.m. trying to, whatever my wife says, the house is safe. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, I mean, again, not to put a bunch of stuff into my house or house or whatever, but, you know, um, and there's a whole other story of that, because if you know my story of losing my voice years ago to black toxic mold and the house that we had that was a total money pit and the um, the loss we took on that. And so this house represents uh, years of trying to recuperate the losses of, from a lawsuit with a house that was full of black mold and stuff. This is the home that we bought after all of that. And it's representative of that. And uh, so, you know, the thought of it going away was kind of like, oh, wow, okay. Because we already, that house was a, a wash and, and we lost so much money from it. Uh, to have to uh, deal with it again was, you know, just just a thought. But uh, thank God, uh the house is okay. I'm I'm in it right now. Um, grace of God. But again, some of our neighbors' houses are are not there, and that is just immensely tragic. And but I know everybody's okay. So that's that's the that's the hallelujah in it. So, uh, anyways, um, so that morning, we know our house is okay, but we also know the winds are still kicking up, and the fire is zero percent contained. Zero percent contained. So what's going to happen? We don't know, you know, and we left in such a hurry. We realized, oh, gosh, we didn't turn our water off. We didn't turn our, you know, we have a fountain in the backyard and it's still running and the motor's going to burn out and things are, you know, and all that. But so our neighbors that came to check on the place, the, the sheriff and the fire chief, they, they came and caught them and said, you got to get out of here. And they kicked them out. You know, sorry, this is still a vacuum. So we were under mandatory evacuations for uh, at least three, three or four days here. Um, and uh, maybe four days. Yeah. And uh, so they lifted it just the other night and then we came home. Yeah. So, but mandatory evacuations mean you can't come back. You know, I go, well, we, we can only stay in this hotel for so long. So, uh, you know, we got to check out of this hotel. So we, um, I call around and, you know, uh, and, and I just, I was like, I, you know what I did actually here, I'm going to tell you what I did now. Again, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, everybody, you if you've been listening to me for any length of time, you know, I'm a Christian, you know, that I pray, you know, I talk to God, I talk about God, all that. So sorry, this is, you know, this is me. This is just me being me. I'm just telling you honestly what I did. So I said, God, please give me your wisdom. Give me your knowledge. Give me your guidance. Give me your guidance right now as to where to go. What do we do? Where do we go? And I just prayed and prayed and prayed. And I felt like God said, go to Newport beach because that's, you know, that area is probably uh, so now we the fire has now spread at this point uh the next morning friday morning it is now spread to malibu this is before it took out everything in malibu which is just horrific so i thought go to newport beach um 
I just kind of felt like that was like, you know, the voice in my head saying, go to go there. That's far enough away to where you're not going to get in the way of people trying to evacuate from Malibu because all of those people now are going to be evacuating. So L.A., they need all the hotels. So, you know, don't don't take up more space than you need to back in your area, James, because other people are now evacuating. So Newport is, you know, a good couple hours, at least from our house. So uh, check that out. So I, I call a hotel and they've got like four rooms left. And uh, yeah, they're filling up even. It's like, oh my gosh. So we uh, we go to Newport Beach, which is a lovely community, very similar to our community. It's a, it's very, very, very similar, except it's a beach community. Ours is not a beach community, but it looks the same. It feels the same, same kind of vibe. So we uh, we pack up the car from this hotel. We check out of that hotel and we go to the next one. It's another hour and a half drive to Newport from where we were or whatever. And as we drive there, we get there and we try to kind of like go, okay. And we check in. Everything's nice. It's fine. It's good. We're near the beach. We can kind of, you know, this is the, then this is the other thing is you kind of, you have this guilt. You know, your house is okay, but you know, this fire is moving in and you know, it took other houses, you know, um, Oh, and our cameras, by the way, are not on. There's no power. There's no internet. There's nothing. So we can't look at our cameras anymore. You know, they're, they're, they've been off since Thursday night at 2.30 in the morning when they went dark after the big flames. So we know there's nothing, you know, and, and, and it's a mandatory evacuation. We can't be at our house. So anyways, um, but you feel guilty. You just instantly now you feel guilty because you go, there are other people that aren't as lucky as we are. So... What the heck? What do we, you know, I mean, where, where do you place those feelings? You know what I mean? So, um, that was, uh, a big, a big part of it. And, um, <laughs> I'm laughing because my daughter is sharpening pencils in the other room right now. I can hear her with her pencil sharpener. So if you hear, I listen, hear that. I don't know if you can hear it, I, you know, I clean up the audio afterwards, so you probably can't hear it, but, uh, yeah, I hear She's sharpening pencils in the other room and I'm laughing. I'm laughing because we're home. Uh, they're doing homeschool uh, in the in the study next door to my office here and uh, in their little classroom. And regular life is going on while I'm telling you my story here. So that's, I'm sorry. Yeah, anyways, uh, I digress. Uh, I love my little girl. She's, I just picture her sharpening those pencils as I'm, normally when I'm recording, you know, they're not, uh, they're making noise and stuff. I said, doesn't matter. I'm just recording here today, guys. Don't worry about it. So I, I'm, that's why I'm laughing. Anyways, this guilt that you go through of, okay, everybody else is not as lucky as we are. And now here we are staying in a hotel in a place that is completely unaffected by it. You can't barely even see smoke here. You can't smell it. You nothing. Um, and nobody there is, you know, I mean, you, you, we go to the restaurants there and it's on the TV, you know, and then the people kind of, you know, hear, oh, you're from, you know, that area. Oh my gosh. And then like, you know, we're going to this restaurant, True Food Kitchen, which is an amazing restaurant. And they are so nice. And they're like, you know, buying our dessert and buying our appetizers for us, the management there and stuff. And then the manager, we find out like the, uh, the, um, the regional manager that happened to just be there is from our neighborhood, uh, in this other part of the town called Moore Park. And, um, you know, it's just it's, it's community coming together. Again, humanity, people coming together, people, you know, being kind to us and, and, and prayers for everybody. And so you're just trying to kind of, you know, piece it all together and place these feelings. And so we're just kind of going, okay. And so, 
you know, just I shared this on one of the podcasts earlier. We got my daughter a phone recently, which, you know, was a big decision because she's 13 and we wanted to wait till she was like 14 or so. But, you know, she's a good kid and she didn't ask for it. She never pressured us or, you know, oh, come on, never whined about her. And so we got her one. And um, thank God we did now because now she's got all her friends and they all have phones. So she's able to communicate with them during this fire and they can all like, are you okay? Yes, I'm safe. Because it's important. It doesn't matter your age. You know, all the parents, we can all kind of talk, but it's important for all of them to be able to voice their concerns and to voice their fears and to voice their, you know, uh, just feelings about all of it. Uh, we're sitting at this restaurant, you know, in Newport beach, eating a beautiful lunch and, you know, and on the television is our neighborhood up in flames. And then the news saying it's now heading to Malibu and you just go, oh my gosh. And then of course, uh, if you followed the stories at all, you know, that the fire did go in and just ravage Malibu and, um, hundreds of homes, uh, taken in that, I believe, I believe it was hundreds, uh, if, 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 if not close to a couple hundred homes um, taken in the fires there in Malibu. If you don't know the area of Malibu, um, I'm in a very famous area, of course, of Hollywood and such. People think of Malibu where all the celebrities live and stuff. But it's, it's a beach community. And there is, yes, there are, you know, multi, multi-million dollar estates. And then there's little houses that people have lived there forever for that don't make millions and millions of dollars that live there. It's a, it's a community. It's a beach community. And it is in, incredibly tragic. What uh, And there's a, little, a lot of people with farms and animals and stuff. So there was displaced animals like crazy. So uh, literally there was no place for the animals. So they took them to Zuma Beach. Now that's a very famous beach. If you look up Zuma Beach, it's a beautiful beach. One of the most beautiful beaches you'll ever find. It's where we go in the summertime. My daughter and her group, uh, homeschool group, they play at Zuma Beach and stuff. So at Zuma Beach is where they took all the horses and the animals because there was no place else to take them while people were evacuating Malibu. And um, so uh, so some friends, so, uh, you know, uh, one of my daughter's friends' house was, was taken. I think I mentioned that already. And so, yeah, it's just, you know, this is where, again, her having a phone and being able to FaceTime with her friend and encourage her friend and, and help her through it. It was, you know, it was just, it's just been a very emotional week. Because here's the other problem. Because of this fire... All of the the um, memorials and the services and the and the vigils they were going to do. We were going to have a prayer vigil at our church for uh, the victims of the shooting. Everything got canceled, and then there was a bomb threat at our church, which was just like, oh, "Are you kidding me?" You know, come on, people. And and um, so uh, nobody's been able to properly grieve the shooting because of the fire. And now we got to grieve the fire and figure it all out and figure out what you're doing and you know. So it has been a crazy time. So we stayed uh, and then um, Ashley. So now, now shift gears. All my Clone Wars castmates who are my family and the people uh, involved with Clone Wars and stuff, they start reaching out because I had sessions. So Friday I had sessions for a couple of shows, cartoons, things that I can't talk about. Uh, say, or I can't, I can't say what, what sessions I had, but I will tell you that all my friends and the producers and the people of the shows and the things and stuff were reaching out and being very kind and understanding that I wasn't able to make it to the sessions because we were displaced and we were in another land, you know, and all of that. But, um, so then all the Lucasfilm people say, Tracy Canobio, uh, just uh, wonderful Tracy uh, reaches out and then, you know, Matt Lanther's texting me. And then, of course, Catherine Tabor. Well, I was supposed to have dinner with Catherine, um, you know, on Friday night. 
And uh, Kat is texting me on Thursday when the fire hit because she was in Santa Barbara. They took a day trip to Santa Barbara, her and her sister who was visiting. And so she's texting me, is there any routes you know of to get past because this fire is here and stuff? You know, this was before it all really turned into what it turned into. Thankfully, they got home. But we were supposed to have dinner. We were so, you know, Kat's like, oh, are you okay? And sending prayers and so, you know, she was the first one to connect with me. And then, you know, Matt and then uh, Tracy Canobio and then um, Daniel Logan, because uh, Daniel's living in Orange County, which is where we were in. And um, and Ashley. And so Ashley is like, you know, I live just down the street from where you're staying. So so she takes us to lunch the next day and, and picks up the tab. Oh, Ashley, I'm going to get you next time. I see. I hate when other people pick up the tab. I love paying for the meal but she is uh, just like me and she's craftier than me that is so katano she knows how to pick up a bill she used the jedi mind trick on this jedi and she uh, uh bought my family and i lunch and uh god bless her we love ashley and it was so sweet and we just had um a couple hours where we didn't talk about the fire and the loss and the stuff we talked about just life and fun and star wars and friends and Disney and all of those wonderful things that you do. And it was so, uh, such a nice reprieve. And, you know, and even she's saying, you know, she goes, I feel bad, you know, like I'm sitting here talking with you about this stuff. I should be like, you know, helping you. It's like, this is helping us, you know, but it's, it's just a very tricky thing. Like, what do you do when you're in these situations where you're still kind of in it, you know? So that's what we did. We had lunch we chatted, we talked and we laughed and we loved and, um, so then uh, we spent the next few days, we spent the weekend there and the next couple of days in uh, the city of Newport Beach. And and then I had work that I had to go to and do on Fox, at for Fox the next uh, day. And, and, you know, and that's, and so then I spent the day driving, you know, to do, so I go, I have a session at Fox, which normally I would do from home, which would take about 15 minutes. And so to do 15 minutes worth of work for Fox with the, fire i had to drive an hour and a half to fox do the job and then it was uh all a two-hour drive back because of traffic so it took uh four hours to do 15 minutes worth of work but <laughs> again not complaining i was thankful for the work but it was funny it's like wow yeah this is what this is what happens this is la for you so uh so yesterday we come home and uh, we don't know what we're going to expect. We don't know what we're going to see, you know. Now, so one of our friends, um, a dear, sweet gal, Michelle, uh, who's a, a friend of mine and a big Star Wars fan. And uh, she came over to the house while we were gone and took a picture and sent us the picture to say, your house is okay. God bless her. We love her. And how sweet of her to do that. So Sweet, wonderful Michelle, thank you for looking out for the Taylors and taking a picture and, and texting me and all of that. So anyways, uh, that's the type of stuff, again, people were doing and it's just lovely. And then all our friends, you know, saying, oh, come stay with us and everything. And it's really wonderful. But uh, anyways, we got home yesterday, opened the door and boom, boy, that smell just hits you and there's ash everywhere. There's ash in the house. There's uh, just, I mean, everywhere in the house. I mean, so, uh, you know, and then there's roof tiles that are off all over the place uh, in our backyard, crashed down all over. We have a uh, Spanish tile roof, which again, thank God, because that helps. And that, oh, that was the other thing we saw in the video that we were watching before the camera went out here is the wind was moving the opposite direction of our house. Had the wind been blowing towards our house, it would have been done. That, I mean, I would not be here 
in this room recording this podcast. It, it there's no possible way because the fire was that close. Um, but the wind was blowing the opposite direction. And I will say this, most, the, the, the direction that it was moving in is away from most all of the houses. Again, two houses across the street from us burned down out of hundreds. So, you know, and it's because of the specific direction the wind was blowing when the fires got that close. Amazing. So thank God. So, you know, all of you that want to go, well, God, I don't know. Hey, God was looking out for all of us. Um, and, uh, and God bless again, the folks that lost their homes, the insurance and the things, and they will rebuild. And it's like, that's not the most important thing. The most important thing is they all got out, their pets got out, everybody's okay. So God does provide. Um, why these things happen? Well, because we live in a, a world that uh, things happen in, you know, uh, it, it, these things happen. And, um, sometimes they happen to build us up and to teach us uh, lessons in life. Sometimes they build to give us endurance, um, but they're never to break us down. They're always to make us stronger. And that's exactly what it does. So it makes you stronger. So uh, we are now uh, in the process of cleaning everything up here, but I thought, you know, I got to take some time. I got to do a podcast, uh, do a podcast where I explain to you all what's going on and, uh, and the uh, situation here. And so here I be now and, uh, and I had to leave this morning and go to a session for a thing that, again, I can't say what it was, but um, I will say I saw a very good, very, very good friend of mine at that session uh, who uh, you all know and, and love. So there you go. Um, <clears throat> but uh, anyways, the James Arnold Taylor podcast has been doing well. I think uh, so many of you have been supportive of it, and I'm so thankful for that. And here's the thing I'm thinking of. You know, uh I have not done a Patreon account. I've talked about it. I've threatened to do it for many years. But here's my dilemma with Patreon. Um, you know, I'm a public figure and I make my living doing voiceover. And I feel a little funny asking people to uh, give to my Patreon so I can provide these things because it feels kind of like, no, nah, I should be doing these as a service to all of you. So tell me this, riddle me this, Batman. If James Arnold Taylor had a Patreon account that uh, helped provide this type of entertainment, my podcast helped help provide uh, to cover the cost of this podcast and to cover the cost of things like uh, Clone Wars Conversations, which I want to bring back, but I no longer have my studios that I shoot it at and I'd like to uh, put a new studio up and stuff. Um, and uh, other quality entertainment on my YouTube channel and in my podcast and such. Would you be a part of the Patreon? I know many of you in the past have said that you would, and I thank you for that. But, um, you know, again, I feel kind of funny. I feel funny uh, taking people's money to uh, put this stuff on. But I also know it's just at a point to where I, um, I certainly need to be able to, uh, you know, pay for all the things that I'm putting together and doing. Uh, so that being said, thinking, kicking around the idea of a Patreon account again. So you may see that. And, uh, but I would, I think what I would do is I would make it very affordable. I would, you know, have like the various, you have the different categories. So I'd probably just do like a $10 one would be like the one that really gets you. Because if, if enough people gave $10, that would really help uh, provide the, um, the costs uh, to, uh, you know, do this. But really what it is doing is it, it's, it's you uh, being a part of it. 
that's that's kind of the coolest part is then you kind of get to be a part of it. Now, I I support several Patreon uh, shows and, and things, um, uh, namely my buddy uh, uh, Peter Hollins, you know, has got a great uh, Patreon uh, thing going on there. And I give 15 bucks a month to his his channel and keep him going and all that, too. And there's other ones that I give to and stuff. So so mainly it's it's so you can say, hey, yeah, you know what? I, I give to uh, James Arnold Taylor's uh, thing there. And uh, yeah, it's kind of cool. And I feel like I'm a part of it. And then I get all these cool things. I get little extras. I get to see, you know, I get I get the releases of things a day before. I get, um, you know, audio messages from him. I get, you know, this, that, or the other, whatever it is um, that I'm going to put together in the packages. So uh, thinking of doing that, thinking of doing that because I, here's what I've found about the podcasting. I love the podcasting. I'd love to do more of the podcasting, um, but it does take time. It does take effort. It does take me away from um, other things that, uh, you know, got to pay for it and stuff. So there you go. All right. Many, many things. Here's the other cool thing now. So now the first four James Arnold Taylor podcasts uh, were recording. And this is episode four. But again, remember now I'm doing episode four, even though episode four was already made and it was episode three and then it got moved to episode four. Now it's being episode five. And okay, I already did that. So the first four were recorded before it ever even got aired. So because I, I wanted to have some in, in the in in the hopper, as they say. But now, now, now you can go to jamesarnoldtaylor.com. You can click on the uh, chat show link and then choose a topic and then do the chat uh, cast podcast. And you can send your questions and people have been doing it. And I have a bunch of them here from many, many different people. And so how about if I take some of your emails? And there's a little Ask Chat email music. I like that. <clears throat> I will say uh, the smoke is really affecting my voice. I don't love it. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, let's take some of your... <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. Some of your uh, questions here. The Jatcast. Look at all the emails we have for the Jatcast. I love it. This one is from Cassandra. Cassandra... Ulinger. Cassandra, you know, I don't know if I've ever uh, asked how to pronounce your last name. Cassandra is somebody that follows me on uh, Twitter and uh, all of those things. And she's a lovely young lady. So Cassandra has given me a uh, email here and I have to take it because uh, it's a great question. Uh, so Cassandra says, hey, James, my question for you is what is your favorite part about being a part of the Star Wars franchise? Sorry if you've been asked this before. I don't know if I have. Uh, anyways, sending love and blessings your way. God bless you always, my friend. Oh, well, that's very sweet, Cassandra. Thank you so much. Uh, yes. So what is my favorite part of being a part of the Star Wars franchise? The family aspect of it. Really, uh, as I was saying earlier in the podcast about all my family and friends that I have now for have had for all these years, over a decade, the fact that we all love Star Wars, but we uh, have a love for each other. We are family. We are there for each other. And, uh, you know, but then on the uh, the the, f the flip side of just the Star Wars part of it is just um, getting to see and be a part of it all. Uh, getting to be Obi-Wan Kenobi is just kind of a huge thing anyways. It's it's just a favorite. Who wouldn't love to be Obi-Wan Kenobi? Um, <clears throat> this, this is not a negative, but the things that are trickier about it are that you, and I think I've talked about this before, is that you end up knowing things way before everybody else knows and you can't say anything. And you end up seeing things way before they come out. And it kind of, uh, it's it's not, so it's not the same as when I was just a plain old Star Wars fan. 
uh, that wasn't involved in it is what I mean. And I didn't know what to expect. But now everything's kind of there and you know. So, but anyways, uh, the best part, yes, is, is the family and friends that I've made through it. And uh, and all of you, all of the, I mean, and the fans too. I mean, when I say family and friends, I, I truly mean the fans. I mean all of you that are fans of Star Wars because, you know, on social media and stuff, we've made these connections that... Uh, are unbelievable. They're unprecedented for um, people that are in the public eye as we are on a regular basis to be able to interact with people so well. So I, I love that part. I think it's uh, wonderful. That's a wonderful question, Cassandra. Thank you so much. God bless you, my friend. Let's see what else we got. This is a great question. This is from Jeff Rogers. Jeff Rogers uh, asked a question. It says, uh, Hi, James. My young boys and I moved to Florida around 2010, and one of their favorite things was Star Wars weekends. We usually ended up going once a week until the event was canceled. Yes, it was. It's very sad. Before we first went, none of us knew who you were. But the whole family instantly loved your hosting, and in particular, Obi-Wan and Beyond. That was my uh, stage show, which I call Talking to Myself, just like this podcast. Uh, But at Disney, it was always called Obi-Wan and Beyond. We never got the chance to meet you, but my boys thought of this question for you if we did. Now, here's their question. I think this is great. I'm sure many of your listeners love Star Wars Weekends as well, so I bet my boys aren't the only ones who had this thought. How did all that work? Meaning Star Wars Weekends. Three long days a week for six weeks? Did you have to go back and forth to L.A.? Or did you and your family just move to Orlando and live in a Disney hotel for a month and a half? If so, did you then have to set up a remote studio in the middle of the Animal Kingdom Lodge or something to keep working? It seems like a crazy but fun scenario. Yes. Um, so, yeah, yeah. And that is exactly it. So now let me explain to everybody, for those of you that don't know what Star Wars Weekends is, it was um, a big event they did every year. I was a host for five of the seven years that I went to it. And it was a, uh, a celebration of all things Star Wars. And so we had shows. There were seven shows a day that I would host. We had a, a talk show that was like a Tonight Show type talk show where I would interview uh, celebrities from the the world of Star Wars. It was called Stars of the Saga. We had a, a Clone Wars talk show, uh, that which then turned into a Rebels talk show after Clone Wars was canceled. Um, and we had a... Um, uh, I had my show, we had Ray Park's show, Warwick Davis had a show, um, we had the big uh, opening and closing, we had the, the the parade every day where we sit in the back of the cars and then I would go up there and then I would do the intro to the whole day and introduce things and sing songs and all of that. And I just created this whole wonderful event and it was I, w- I was the host of it. So how did that work is what uh, Jeff and his boys are asking. Um, so it was in Disney World. Now I live in California. So they would, this is exactly as the boys guessed, uh, this is what I would do. They would fly us out there uh, a week before it starts and I would stay for the entire time. So for about a month and a half, yeah, we would stay at Disney World and we would stay usually at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. That was our favorite lodge because we love all the animals and we would stay there for, you know, five, six weeks. Uh, So uh, pretty crazy to move your life uh, every year. Every summer, that's what we did for five years, and we loved it, and it we miss it like crazy. We miss it like crazy because it was a fantastic time. Disney took wonderful care of all of us. I had my own um, Disney DSA, Brandon Tinsley, who's one of our dearest friends in the world now. He and his lovely wife, Hillary, and uh, I'm going to take a sip of water. <sighs> Normally, when I drink water, I'm not that loud, but I do it here because I know that it's only audio, and I like to then give you the indication that I'm drinking water. So I slurp it. All right. Sorry. No, don't slurp your water, kids. Don't, don't do it. Anyways, we would stay at the, um, 
Animal Kingdom Lodge and uh, look out our window at all the uh, giraffes and okapis and zebras and uh, cattle and all, all the wonderful animals that were there. And then I would, yeah, I would work there. And so because I'm a working voice actor and still had all my other jobs and stuff to do, I would then, I built a little, st- and in fact, you can see on my YouTube channel, if you go through uh, a bunch of the way back on some of the videos. You can see some of my makeshift studios that I built in Animal Kingdom Lodge a couple years in a row. I made some videos of that with blankets and pillows and stuff. And I brought my ISDN box and I would do patch-ins for my work for Fox, you know. The Simpsons, Family Guy, coming up next on Fox. I would do all those for my hotel room. In fact, I would do my auditions every day from there. And Guardians of the Galaxy, I was uh, Yondu and Cosmo. And I booked those jobs uh, recording from the closet at Animal Kingdom Lodge one year at Star Wars Weekends. Uh, and then the leader, I think, from Hulk and the Agents of Smash, I did uh, a lot of that from there. Plus, Disney would, uh, they had a studio there at Hollywood Studios. They had a voiceover, uh, professional voiceover studio that I had access to, and they would let me use that uh, whenever I needed it as well. So I would use their studios. I would use my studio in the room that we lived in. So we uh, had like a, um, a two-bedroom, uh, it was like an apartment because we had a full kitchen, we had bathrooms, we had a living room, and bedrooms and so we would stay there for you know a month and a half and uh pretty crazy but my daughter loved it because every day for a month and a half she could go to disney she would go to a different disney world park or whatever and uh you know because they have four different parks they have animal kingdom they have magic kingdom they have epcot and they have Hollywood Studios. And Hollywood Studios now, of course, they're turning into uh, Star Wars land and all that there. And uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. And it would be wonderful if Disney uh, would bring back Star Wars weekends for that, wouldn't it? And it would be even more wonderful if they asked me to host it. Um, but uh, you never know. You never know <clears throat> what with Clone Wars coming back. So that is how it would work. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And it was it was crazy. And it was uh, a lot of work. So my days would start at around uh, eight in the morning. And then, but I would get up much earlier than that to get ready. And then it would end around 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. And then I would get up the next morning and do it all again. Seven shows a day. And I was talking throughout all of them. So yeah, I had to really take good care of my voice and stuff too. There was a couple times where my voice got a little uh, iffy and I lost it a few times. But uh, Star Wars Weekends, wonderful time. Hey, Jeff, thank you. That was a great question. All right. I, I think we got time for one more question. Now, this is another one. This is a, this is a good uh, question for uh, those of you that uh, like the podcast and are thinking of podcasting. This is Luna Pur- Pur- Purder, I, I, P-U-U-R-D-E-R. Luna, forgive me if I, I mispronounced your last name. Uh, Luna is from the Netherlands. And so uh, I'm going to guess that when you say it, Luna, it's wonderful. But when I say it, it, it I, did, I couldn't pronounce your last name the proper way. So forgive me for that. But uh, Luna says, hi there, James. First of all, congratulations on your podcast. Well, thank you. I am looking forward to hearing you talk to yourself more. <laughs> I like that. I was just wondering if you have any tips for people who would also like to start their own podcast, mostly when it comes to equipment and editing, or perhaps any other pointers you'd like to share. Thanks. Hope you have a lovely day. Thank you, Luna. Um, yeah, you know, here's the thing. Podcasting, uh, a lot of fun. And it doesn't need to be complex. Now, obviously, I'm here in my studio, and it's uh, all very kind of big, fancy pants studio with all this expensive equipment and microphones and all that. But you don't need all that. You could have a laptop and a uh, 
Apogee microphone or some type of USB mic. I, I like the Apogee microphone, uh, the Apogee mic, and that's under $300. And that's it's a beautiful professional sounding microphone. And if you have the right sounding room, uh, you know, that isn't really echoey. You, you don't want a room that's echoey, but um, you could do it very easily. You could, you know, the other truth is you could record a podcast from your uh, smartphone. You really could. Um, as long as you have good, clean audio and something interesting to say, I think you can do it. Uh, as far as editing, there's all sorts of ways you can edit it. I edit, I record and edit in Pro Tools, but you could use something like Twisted Wave. You could use Audition. Uh, Adobe, you know, has uh, that program. There's all sorts of various uh, editing programs. GarageBand, a lot of people use GarageBand for just editing audio and stuff. Uh, so a lot of different ways of doing it, Luna. But mainly, have something interesting and fun to talk about and give it a shot. I kind of think everybody should. You know, when I was a stand-up comic many years ago, uh, I used to always say everybody should try stand-up comedy at least once so they get up on stage and get that fear out. Podcasting, kind of the same thing. Everybody should record at least one podcast and put it out even if it's just for their friends and stuff to listen to and see what they think. But you may find you have something interesting to say. Or you may find you're just like me and you have nothing interesting to say. <laughs> Okay, I'm kidding. All right. But anyways, Luna, thank you for the question. And uh, I'm thrilled that you're listening in the Netherlands. That is beautiful. I wish I knew something uh, to say that would be a Netherlandy kind of thing. You know, some type of welcome or thank you. But uh, perhaps next time you can let me know about that. All right. I think that's all the time we've got for the questions right now. But again, submit your questions at the James Arnold Taylor uh, website, jamesarnoldtaylor.com. And well, uh, Mr. Announcer Guy. Yes, James. Uh, tell him, yeah, once again, remind him about the, the other thing. You know. Right, James. If you'd like to submit a question to James Arnold Taylor's podcast, Talking to Myself, The Jet Cast, simply go to jamesarnoldtaylor.com, click on The Jet Show, then go to the drop-down menu, choose a topic, The Jet Cast Podcast, and then Spingo. You always say Spingo. I know, because you smile when I say it. Oh, you like it when I smile, don't you? I like a smiley world. Ooh, a smiley world. Wouldn't that be lovely? Yes, James. Oh, I'm sorry. I interrupted. Um, Go ahead and finish. Click on the drop-down, the JetCast podcast, and Spingo. You can submit a comment to James Arnold Taylor. And perhaps it'll be ready right here on the JetCast. Ooh, exciting. Thank you, Mr. Announcer Guy. You're welcome, James. Hasta la vista, baby. Oh, you're terminating this conversation? Spingo. Eh, you brought back Spingo. I love that guy. Okay, so there's that segment. We should do another segment, though, shouldn't we? Still got some time here. That's right. I've saved the best for last. You're all excited. You Final Fantasy fans, okay, you're a patient group of fans. Excuse me again. Ah, So, you know, we got smoke in the house, a smoky smell. It's messing with my voice. I'm going to do my best to do this uh, for you guys in these voices and see what we get. But um, I promised the long-awaited interview with Titus from Final Fantasy X. And here we go. He's come all the way from the Jedi Temple, Obi-Wan Kenobi, here to do an interview. Obi-Wan, how are you? I'm very good, James. I'm so glad that you're all doing well and that the house is still there after the fires. Thank you, Obi-Wan. It it means the world to me that uh, you would say that. Well, the force is strong with you, James, indeed. Thank you, Obi-Wan. All right. Excuse me, Obi-Wan, I'm a little hoarse, so I'm going to take a break and rest my voice, and then I'm going to let you interview Titus. Now, you know who Titus is, you've read up, you've read your notes and everything? Yes, yes, James, yes. I know exactly, I've played Final Fantasy X, I know the game quite well, and I'm going to talk to Titus and ask him questions about uh, living in Zanakand and all of that. 
this is so exciting. All right, I'm going to duck out. He's in the green room now, and I'm going to have him come in. And uh, and so we'll get him to uh, move along, James. Move along. All right. Okay, you got it. Move along. I'll go get Titus then. Thanks. Well, while I have this time right here, I thought that I would remind you all that The Clone Wars is coming back, and if you get a chance to go to the uh, Disney streaming service when it becomes available, of course you will watch it on the Disney streaming service, right? We all will, yes, indeed. Clone Wars coming back, very exciting. Indeed. Oh, oh, yes, right there, yes. Hello, Titus, come in, take a seat, and you'll speak on that microphone right there. Right, right here? Uh, hello, 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 hello. Now, don't, don't do that. You've been talking to Hank the Engineer, haven't you? Yeah. Hank the Engineer told me that it would be cool if I came in and did hello, 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 hello. Stop. Stop that right now. Don't do that. All right. Very good. You will stop that. I will stop that. We will listen to your story. You will listen to my story. This may be our last chance. This may be our last chance. Very good. All right. Welcome to the James Arnold Taylor podcast, Tidus. Now, first off, let's talk about... Your name. My name? Oh, yeah, Titus. So everybody always thinks it's Titus, and some people call me Titus. You know, the truth is, I don't really care. If you want to call me Titus, you can call me Titus, but it's really pronounced Titus, and it's always been Titus from the beginning, and so there you go. Right, but now, do you know why you were named Titus over Titus? There is a story, I'm told. Do you know it? I do. Let me explain it to them all. So, when they were making the game Final Fantasy X... They did a promo for it in Japan, where the game was made originally, and they knew they were going to do an American version. And so they brought in an American narrator to narrate the trailer, and he pronounced the name Tidus. And so they all assumed that that must be how you would pronounce it in English. So my name would have been Titus? Well, I don't know for sure, but it could have been. So that's why you're probably okay with it's Tidus or Titus. Yeah, I don't really care. You know, as long as I can play Blitzball. Right, so let's talk about Blitzball then. Um, this is a fascinating game, and you're underwater for most of it. Yeah, you know, the uh, Xanarkin Abes, yeah, we were, uh, you know, champions. Undefeated, we're unbeatable, Xanarkin Abes! All right, calm down. Sorry. So if I was a fan in the crowd waving, Tidus, Tidus, what would you do? Yeah, I'll give you a signal. I'll do this. When I do, that's for you, Obi-Wan. Very good, you'll score a point for me. Well, sure, why not? You're a very happy one, aren't you, Titus? Yeah, do you want to tell me a joke? No, then you'll laugh, won't you? What's wrong with that? I've heard your laugh. Oh, now come on. Now that's the other thing I want to talk about. Everybody always talks about my laugh. Now if you told me something funny right now, I wouldn't laugh the way people think that I might laugh. Are you certain? Yeah. Go ahead and try me. All right, let me think of something funny. Hmm. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, this is a good joke. Uh, uh, Master Plo Koon taught this to me. What did one Jawa say to another? I don't know. What? You're teeny. Ooh, teeny, you see. You're, you're teeny. Huh? No, that's not funny. Yes, but, well, I thought it was funny. No, you got to give me something that's actually funny. All right, um, how about this? James Arnold Taylor has the best podcast on the planet. Now that's funny. <laughs> now, see, that's how I would laugh. Right, so you wouldn't do the laugh they were expecting right now. So if I said, why did the jaw cross the road? I don't know. Why? To get to the other side, you wouldn't do the ha, 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 ha. What was that? Well, that was me doing your laugh. 
Okay. Well, no. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. That now. See. Okay. That was okay. Yuna and I. We were in a desperate situation. We were. I, everything was really kind of bad. So I was trying to make her laugh. So when she said to laugh, I did that laugh. You're not going to do it, are you? Well, I could, but everybody's kind of waiting for me to do it, aren't they? Yes, they are. I'm waiting for you to do it as well. Now it's all the pressure is all built up. Now, now we're all expecting it. The expectancy for you to do the laugh is really quite—it's、uh, quite palpable. I'm not going to do it. Come on. No. I could just use the Jedi mind trick and make you do it. Nope, your Jedi mind trick won't work on that. Oh. All right. Come on, just do it once. Nope. I could simply bring James back and have him do the laugh in your voice. No, all right. Look, I'll do the laugh if you tell me something funny naturally in the conversation. All right. Well,、uh, we'll see what happens. Okay. Now here's an interesting question about Final Fantasy X. Okay. When you do the narration in the beginning, you say, "Listen to my story. This may be our last chance." Yeah. You're sounding older than you sound now. Uh huh. So was that intentional from the creators of the game to make you sound different when you narrate as opposed to when you're in the story? All right, that's a great question, Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, here's the thing: they told James to sound older when he did the narration, which made him think, ah, so Titus is telling this story from a long time ago, like later in life, and he's then saying, "Listen to my story. This may be our last chance." You sound exactly like you from the game. I know that's cool, right? Gave me chills. Awesome. But then, spoiler alert: if you play the game and know what happens to Titus, then you go, "Well, how is it that he's telling this story from long later in life?" Right, right, right. Oh, now you sound like Reginald. Don't call me Reggie. Oh, sorry. Yes, go ahead. But the truth is, is in the game, I still sound young and vibrant like this now. But then, when I'm telling the story, it's deeper and older from a different place in time. Curious, so that could entail that Titus perhaps makes it through, and is telling this from another time. Hmm. I don't know. What do you think? I think we'll leave it up to the audience. Yes. Sure. Just like whether or not you should have left Anakin there on Mustafar. What? Nothing. Right. So Blitzball. How long have you been playing it? Ever since I can remember. And when did you realize you were the best? Well, probably after my old man left. Yes, Jacked. Yeah, him. Sorry to bring him up. That's all right. I guess he was pretty good, but I'm better. So you think you're the best blitzball player ever? Well, you know I don't want to brag. What about Walker? What about him? Do you think perhaps he's better than you? <laughs> Now that's funny. <laughs> but I'm not going to do the laugh. Oh, I was trying. I know. That's why I didn't do the laugh. All right. What would Fozzie Bear from the Muppets say right about now? I don't know what. Walker, Walker, Walker. I'm still not laughing at that. So now, for those that haven't played the game, I don't want any spoilers, but it's been quite a long time. I imagine most people know the game, and then that there's sequels and such. But I felt it was quite good of you to sacrifice yourself for the greater, the greater good. Well, as a hero, you got to do what you got to do. Yes, that's what I always tell Anakin. Perhaps you should spend some time with Anakin. I think that would help him quite a bit. Yeah, Anakin's pretty cool. But you guys' lightsabers aren't anything like my sword here. Yes, that is quite a large sword. It's blue, though. I like that it's blue. So, do you notice that James only voices characters with blue blades? I never thought about it. Huh? That's funny. But I'm not going to do the laugh. Right. Try it again. Sorry, everybody.
So when James voiced your character in Final Fantasy, that was quite a long time ago. Do you remember anything about it? Well, I remember we did it at a studio out in Los Angeles in the Valley. And the director's name was Jack Fletcher. And Jack still directs games. And he was really cool. And then they had people from Japan that were there that made the game and the original Japanese version. And then they had a translator, Alex, who was there to help translate anything between me and them and to make sure that it all went and translated properly. Right. So now your voice is different in Japan. Yeah. It's not voiced by James. Correct. But the laugh scene was exactly the same there. Yeah. As a matter of fact, so when we went into the studio to do these things, I would watch some of the, sometimes they had pre-cut movies of scenes and we would watch them and James would then redub his voice or my voice over the, the scene, over the Japanese actor's voice. And they would have to match the lip flap. Right. So they were translating it all. Right. And how long did it take to voice the whole game? It was about three and a half months of working and voicing every day, at least three days a week, I believe. And the sessions were usually four hours, although sometimes there were eight-hour sessions. And it was just you. You never worked with Hedy Burris, who voiced Yuna. No. As a matter of fact, we didn't meet until after the game. Really? Yes. That's funny. I'm not going to do the laugh. All right. But now you knew John DiMaggio, who played Walker. Yes. Well, James did. I mean, it's kind of weird. You're asking me questions that James would answer. Yes, I know, because people want to know the information as to when James went in and voiced the character and all of that. So we have to kind of play this, because James is not here. He's over there resting his voice. And you're Titus, although you sound like James, and James sounds like Titus, because your voices are pretty much the same. So I have to ask you questions like that. You don't sound like James. Well, no, I'm not. I'm Obi-Wan Kenobi. Okay. So in the game, you're trying to defeat Sin and save Spira and, and of course, all your friends and such. You know, the opening scene of Final Fantasy X, you're there and you say you'll listen to my story. This may be our last chance. You're in these ruins that remind me somewhat of Tatooine. Yeah, I guess they kind of do, huh? That's cool. Not if you have to spend 18 years sitting on that planet. Huh? Nothing. Did you ever learn to speak Albed? No, not really. Just a couple things, you know. Please, thank you. Yes, where's the bathroom? Oh, yes, important things. And let me ask you this. Is Yuna the love of your life? Well, I'm not going to talk about those things here. That's personal. Right. I think she is. She's lovely, don't get me wrong. In fact, I think you did the right thing. Sacrificing yourself to save her and everyone else. Shh, shh, don't give the story away. Other people maybe haven't played the game yet. Well, it's been out for about 17 years now. I hope they have. Were you surprised by the ending of the game? Well, I know James was. Right. So, sorry. Was James surprised by the ending of the game? Yeah, he was. So, when he recorded your voice for the game, was it all in order? Yeah, so we started with page one and ended on the last page. Fascinating. Isn't that how it is with you and him and Clone Wars? Not always. Sometimes we would jump around. Huh. All right. So, I know most people talk about the laugh scene, but what is your favorite scene? Hmm. I don't know. There's so many great ones. I like the whole opening sequence, actually. I think it's really quite fantastic. Seeing Xanarkand and, and seeing the Blitzball game and all that going on before that destruction happens. It's really quite fascinating. It's wonderful. And that music. Yeah. Yes, indeed. But then there's these other beautiful scenes like uh, Yuna and I in the water there. And it's very romantic and beautiful. And, and when they redid it in the HD version, uh, my vision got even clearer. And it was beautiful and even deeper in definition.
Yes. Now, when they redid it, did James go in and do any new voices or lines for that? Only a couple of lines. Really? Do you know what they were? Hey, I'm just the character that he voices. I'm not the one that does it. Right. And plus, James signed so many NDAs and stuff, he, he forgets he can't talk about all that stuff. So, you know, he couldn't really say even if he did know. Right. Now, let me ask you this question. There was a radio program of Final Fantasy. Uh-huh. That you all did. Uh-huh. And then there's a new Mobius app that came out that really tells a story of you, Tidus, uh, with Yuna and some other characters in the world of Final Fantasy all coming together. It's a free app on your smartphones, as you call them. Yeah, that's what I've heard as well. James told me about it. And, uh, you know, he said he voiced me for that. But, uh, yeah, I hear that one's pretty cool, too. Would you like to see a sequel or a sequel to the sequel of Final Fantasy? Like a Final Fantasy ten three? I think it'd be awesome. I'd hope they do it sometime. I think there's still enough fans. In fact, I think that's the coolest part is all the fans. So the one thing I would want to say to all the fans of Final Fantasy that are listening is thank you so much for all the years of supporting these characters and this game and all this fantastic story that has been told through the years. It's just great stuff, and I am thrilled to be a part of it. Oh, that's very nice. Yes, I feel the same way about Star Wars. Stars of what now? Nothing. Nah, I'm just kidding you. Oh, but I'm not doing a laugh. No. All right. Well, I believe our time is wrapping here, Titus, but I've been pleased to have you here on the James Arnold Taylor podcast. Is there anything else you'd like to say to everybody? There's really only one last thing I could say. Yes. And that is... <gasps> I'm not doing the laugh. Oh, fooey. Just kidding. <laughs> All right, I gotta go. See ya. Yes. See ya. May the force be with you. All right. See ya, Titus. Yeah, okay, James. See you later. Okay, yeah, see ya. Bye, bye, bye. Hey, Obi-Wan, thanks. Uh, how did the interview go? Well, I thought it went very well. Did you get him to do the laugh? I mean, I heard. I thought I heard the laugh from the other room. He did that on his own accord. Oh, good. Hey, would you consider coming back and doing another interview with some of my other characters that sound like me? Of course. Why not? But I really must get back to the Jedi Temple. Oh, trouble with Anakin? No. Why? No, nothing. I'm just saying. Hey, uh... What do you think he does when you're not around? Well, I'm certain he probably does his studies and all. Yeah, I'm sure. Where's he Where's he at now? Well, he mentioned something about having to escort Senator Amidala to some negotiations. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. What? Nothing. All right, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Hey, thank you for being our sit-in interviewer, guest host here on the James Arnold Taylor Jetcast while we interviewed Titus from Final Fantasy X. That was pretty exciting. Thanks, Obi-Wan. Yes, may the force be with you all. Always. Never get tired of hearing him say that. Well, look at that. We had Titus and Obi-Wan Kenobi on the show together on the Jackcast. Hope you're enjoying uh, when we do these little interviews and I do all the little voices and stuff. Didn't do as many voices in this episode today because, again, telling you the story of the fire and all the stuff that's going on. A little more serious Jackcast, but again, wanted to thank you all for supporting my uh, podcast here. Please spread the word. Please tell other people about it. Please consider supporting it if I do a Patreon account and uh, start all that up. We'll be uh, getting you information on that all uh, very soon. But I really thank you from the bottom of my heart 
for listening and participating in the James Arnold Taylor podcast. Much more to come, more characters, more things. If you got other questions you want to, you, know, you can always send me questions and everything. And uh, at some point here, we're going to get it all together where we can take your phone calls and do some live calls and little interviews with uh, you. Maybe you can even ask some of my characters some questions. All right. All righty, then. It is the James Arnold Taylor podcast. We've had a great time. Mr. Announcer Guy, it is time to give them the big end scroll of credits and all that. Ready? It's what I live for, James. All right. Do it. Talking to Myself, the James Arnold Taylor Podcast is a production of Yumigo Inc. Recorded at Jet Studios. Engineered, written, recorded, and produced by, you guessed it, James Arnold Taylor. All voices are parody and should be construed as entertainment only. All music and sound effects used with permissions and licenses through backtracks, digital juice, production tracks, and partners in rhyme. James Arnold Taylor's Talking Myself, the podcast, copyright 2018, all rights reserved. You're so good at that. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Ah, that always makes me laugh.